Welcome to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to The Female Red Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm talking with Christine Thierry. I have been looking forward to this interview. Christine was one of my friends from college at Syracuse, and uh, she has been so successful and she's got so many things to say, I am so sure. So uh, I'll give you a little background on Christine. She has a passion for problem solving and a quest for continuous improvement. She owns an agency called Idea Agency, and she is the only certified brand strategist in New England. She's located in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, Prior to founding the Idea Agency, she worked for New York ad agencies from creative boutiques to global firms. She took the good, amazing, creative, incredible service, left the bad, bureaucracy, expensive sandwiches, and started her own agency back in New England where she grew up uh, over 20 years ago. So I am so excited to talk with Christine. She's won a ton of awards. She's been like businesswoman of the year, brand strategist, just amazing. So welcome, Chris. Oh, thank you so much, Mary Beth. I am thrilled to be talking with you. Of course, I always am. And um, you are brave considering you mentioned that we both graduated Syracuse together and you're brave for inviting me on your show uh, where we might tell stories that we both might want to leave behind. Yeah, you don't want to tell any of those stories here. (laughs) (laughs) But we did have quite a few stories. And it's interesting to watch, you know, your career, which I've been doing over the past 20 years, and just watching you come out of college and go to New York and, you know, just jump into the craziness of the New York ad agency world and then eventually start your own agency. And, you know, when doing this, if you look at your career all told, what do you think was the riskiest thing that you've done? so far in your career? Well, I think, you know, uh, we could go back to the real early days when, um, and this is back before cell phones, uh, when I came down to New York and I had an afternoon and I was trying to get in to see this creative director and I had a friend inside an agency and um, went in and the the creative director just wasn't available. He wasn't around. He was either in a meeting or out. And I waited and waited, and I was really close to, um, you know, having to take the train back. And we went down in the elevator, and I was kind of dejected. And as we were coming out, my friend saw the creative director getting in another elevator. He's like, oh, my God, he's going upstairs. And I I didn't really have time to, like, wait for an elevator and call him. So I ran to a a corner payphone, which (laughs) they're scarce nowadays. <laughs> but uh, we ran there and I pumped, you know, my dimes into the thing, called upstairs and uh, got his secretary and said, I know he just walked in. Is there any way um, I could see him? So lo and behold, I got in and saw the creative director and I missed that train, but luckily caught the next one. But in the meanwhile, I had, I had rushed back up and showed him my portfolio and when he learned I was downstairs at the payphone, and by the way, it was raining out, uh, and that I was desperately stalking him really is what I was doing, um, he, he actually called me a week later and said, yes, I, I like your book, but really I like your grit and your tenacity, and um, we have a place for you. So unbelievable sort of risk that I took stalking this guy, and, um, and it paid off so no skill really involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the thing? I mean, I, I, you know, you think back at 
what you did and, and would you do that same thing today? And I guess the question is, would you, st- you know, if it was the CEO of some company and you wanted to, um, you know, help them with their branding and advertising, would you stalk them today? I mean, would you do the same thing or, or was it more, I, I was kind of naive back then. I just wanted to do it. Yeah, I think there was a bit of, of naivete, it, certainly. And, um, you know, I think we do a different version or I do a different version of stalking nowadays. It's a little bit more like LinkedIn and try to show up at maybe a same, a similar networking event or try to get an introduction with somebody. I don't uh, feel quite as desperate as hanging out on the side of a payphone <laughs> in the rain <laughs> and uh, missing trains. So I think I've evolved a little bit since then. But I do, um, you do have to kind of put yourself out there in ways that feel uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, I think ultimately it pays off. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think what you do to get a job is different than what you do to get a client, perhaps. I mean, their their impression, if you're standing out in the rain at a payphone, which they don't exist anymore, uh, they would think you were crazy. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, you look at that and you go, well, it, it really worked. And so, I, but I think that that story defines what I've known about your career, which is that you, you will you will do what what you have to do and that grit and tenacity. Um, I interviewed a woman on this female red zone uh, podcast. Uh, her name is Linda Kaplan, and she wrote the book called Grit to Great. And it is mm. talking exactly about what you just mentioned about how grit, persistence, and all of that is far more important than IQ and all the things that we think we have to have when we're younger to be successful. But really, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't take all of that. It takes you know a little bit of luck, like going down the elevator and, and knowing that he was going up. Um, but it also just takes persistence that you'd actually do it. So I think that's right. Right. (laughs) Now I know that you are a brand strategy, a certified brand strategist. So, um, what is that? And, and what did you have to go through to get that certification? Sure. So, um, you know, I felt I had been doing brand for many years and, um, I came up through, the art program, as you know, at Syracuse, I, I got a BFA and um, was really from the design side. But I had what I felt was sort of an intuitive business head and understood about brand and consistency and delivering an experience. I just didn't have formal training in it. And, um, you know, I had been, I think I had owned the agency for 15 years at the time when I said, you know, I heard of uh, the brand establishment, which is the only certifying. Um, organization uh, in the country and only recently actually have colleges been focusing uh, coursework on, you know, actually degrees on with brand in them. You know, it's always been marketing communication sort of dancing around this big brand thing. So when um, I, I met some folks from the brand establishment and they were based out of California and um, understood their process and their teachings. It was a a six month, very rigorous, you know, graduate level training that they put you through and you go through with a cohort um, of other, I think I had maybe four people in my group and um, we studied together. We read um, some key books that the brand establishment recommended. We had, you know, meetings over the books. We had to do a case study. We had to present in front of a group of our peers. uh, And then we, um, they actually had a panel of judges who who also reviewed our work and you you, you get accepted it, you know after hopefully you get accepted after doing all, all this rigorous work and the whole agency actually gets involved so 
when I had to do sort of my own case study, I had to bring in all disciplines of my agency in order to make it work. So the agency is almost getting trained at the same time I was getting trained, which was fantastic. Uh, it was a huge time commitment, and it definitely wasn't inexpensive, but it was it was well worth the investment to come out on the other side and be a part of, I think there's probably 40 brand strategists across the country and uh, in Canada, and we get together now every um, about twice a year, and they have a, a conference, and we all get together, and they we're you know, we bring each other up to date. There's speakers that come in. We're, you know, meeting with the latest CEOs. We're meeting with, um, you know, people, you know, who are related to famous brands. And we're always learning sort of what's next. We keep up our licenses. We keep up our certification uh, by, you know, having to attend these ongoing, you know, uh, professional development seminars. It's been about um, four or five years now for me. And, um, and it's been really great. It's, I love having this network of like-minded people across the country that I can also tap into and see how they're doing with their clients. And we also share sort of our latest brand work so we can see what the others are doing. Yes, I think it's wonderful. And, and I, you know, if you're going to take the time to get certified in anything or to, you know, t- get some extra additional education, I think that the hope is that we will be better, but also that we will be able to get more business in your case. Um, have you found that to be the case? Yeah, you know, I think what um, I was seeing in the marketplace, and it just kind of worked out great with timing, the marketing and communications industry has become uh, very splintered and tactical. And what was happening was agencies were either glomming on to one particular, or a, you know, a, a group of tactics that they did well, whether it was, you know, websites or SEO or, you know, traditional advertising, people might have been staying with radio or billboards. But my perspective was the agencies that were doing really well were the ones who were taking a step back and looking at the big picture and owning brand and letting the tactics sort of come separate and really placing the brand where it needed to be from a tactical standpoint. So for me, it really is the big picture approach to lead with brand and the clients that we're getting now are uh, much more in tune and appreciative. And I think, I, I guess I would say they really find, you know, a value in leading with brand and then identifying their marketing plans and the, the tactics that sort of support it. But finding that voice in that special, unique position in the marketplace is, is a number one. And when we talk to clients who come with us, who come or, you know, prospects who contact us and say, we just want to run a digital campaign. And we say, well, we need to hone your messaging and make sure your positioning is right. And they're like, no, 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 no. We, we, you know, we just need to, it's not really a good fit with us. We really want uh, to be with people who understand the importance of brand. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I always say the biggest mistake that people make in marketing is that they don't message themselves properly. And if you don't have the right messaging, it doesn't matter how many places that you're advertising or, you know, how many uh, different types of exposure marketing that you're doing, social media, everything else, if your message is wrong, and you're not positioned as somebody who's unique in the marketplace, nobody's paying any attention. This is an ADD world we've got now. Nobody is literally paying any attention. And I don't care if you're if you're looking for a job, or you are, um, you know, you're looking for a new client, or you're pitching for something new, or, you know, you're, you're running a business, if you're not standing out, you just don't really even exist these days. I mean, you're just a gray suit against a gray wall. Absolutely. And with, um, 
it's you you have the ability to appeal to a niche to actually reach a niche audience now so you can get more specific in your positioning too which i think is great because you're you can find the right following you don't have to be everything to everyone nor should you be so that unique messaging is key in finding your voice and making sure that it's consistent whether you're doing radio and outdoor or you know digital and a lead gen campaign or social or what have you you need to be more consistent than ever because it's you know more fragmented than ever yeah absolutely so in your business i know that you've got to make pitches on a regular basis so you're you know presenting to somebody for them to accept and say hey we want to hire the idea agency what do you think is the key to making a good pitch obviously you've been successful at doing that because i think it's it's helpful whether you're speaking to a group um, or you're pitching an idea or you're pitching your business or whatever it is. What do you think is some keys to, to doing that? You know, I've tried a number of things over the years and I always, I used to think that it was all about the slide deck or, you know, trying to do something different than a PowerPoint or, you know, uh, scripting the perfect thing. And to be honest with you, the, the thing that matters the most in where I tend to win clients and where they last is when you're just yourself and you're authentic and you speak to these whomever you're talking to as if they're a human a fellow human being and you really try to connect on a personal level and I don't mean like let's chat about the holidays and what we got our kids for Christmas but more just like really appealing to you know understanding what their job is and what their pain points are and uh, connecting with them on that level and anytime I can sort of make that one-on-one -on -one connection with the various people in the room, it always, always wins business. Because I, I do believe that, and I know you've said this many times, um, is that you do business with people that you like. So I think it's just about making a, a personal connection. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we spend so much time focusing on, like you said, the slide deck when, you know, they're really making the decision based on the person or the people that they think they're going to be working with, not so much all of the, uh, the tactical and the details. And, you know, price is important, but it's not the most important thing. Right. And those are the things they kind of check off. You know, there's a, you know, there's a certain, you know, obvious things that you have to have. If you don't have the capabilities and you can't deliver, well, that's, that's an issue. But if everything's kind of created equal or, you know, um, we always laugh at the brand establishment because everybody says they have the, the Brandomatic 500 process and whatever their process, you know, everybody has a process. But um, what makes us stand apart? And it's the understanding of where the client is and what they need to do. And I think there's a lot of business understanding that needs to happen. And if somebody feels that you get them, then that's going to go a lot, a, a longer way than just checking off the boxes. Yes, they have digital capability. Yes, they have brand development. Yes, they have whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, you have a team of people. And so I'm, I'm certain that you're trying to hire people that are able to continue that relationship sort of development and, and all of that. How have you been the most successful in hiring people at your agency? You know, recruiting, it, it kind of comes and goes in waves. Um, sometimes you have people just knocking your door down. And other times it seems like, where do they all, <laughs> where do they all go? Um, we are very close to Boston. We're about an hour away. So a lot of people are willing to do the long commute to, um, to work in the big city. 
We've actually found luck with the people who are sort of done with the big city and are ready to um, have a little bit of a a little bit more of a life. And we've been getting a lot of people who live, you know, outside of the city, want to do the reverse commute, and really enjoy working at um, an agency where there's not a lot of politics. You know, it's still a pretty cool place. Uh, it's easy. You know, we're right in, in the middle of Central Mass, and I even say we're in Central New England, really, because we're about two hours, as you know, I always say we're an hour from everything, an hour to two hours from, you know, pretty much, you know, the mountains, the ocean, you know, wherever. We have three or four cities right here, Hartford, Providence, Boston, um, Worcester, and Springfield, certainly. And, you know, we can, um, people can come to a nice place to work without traffic, great people, great creativity, and a lot of us are transplants from, you know, previous bigger cities and really just enjoying uh, sort of the freedom. And, you know, LinkedIn, I think, is a good tool now to sort of find people like that um, and also word of mouth. Does anyone ever stand in the rain and call you from their cell phone? That's <laughs> <in> your <laughs> you know, since since they got rid of the pay phones, uh, you, you know, maybe in their car with a cell phone. I actually, I do have a funny story. I had one um, one employee show up, and he was just out of school. He was a big, tall kid, so I, I could have – he might have been out a few years. Everybody's taller than me, but uh, he, he was um, – he came in, and he looked very studious. He had these glasses on, and he was very serious. He was a designer, and there was something about him, but um, really liked him, and uh, we ended up hiring him. And about six months later, he said, I was panicked that I didn't look sort of mature enough and I borrowed my older brother's glasses and <laughs> he said he could he couldn't see a thing cuz his be- brother had bad you know vision <laughs> and he was like had this foggy view when he came in and we laughed so hard but it's kind of his version of you know pounding down the the the, the door with you know at the payphone and um, <laughs> exactly. you know everybody kind of has their story <laughs> right so you know, in in back to making pitches. You know, when you when you're making a pitch, when you're presenting, um, have you ever felt like? And I know that this is you know you're not going to win every single deal, but have you ever felt like because you're a woman and you're a woman running an organization and you've got a lot of women working for you, not all but a lot. You know, d- does it feel like you've ever lost uh, maybe a, a deal, a client because the fact that you're a woman? I hate to say it, but yes, definitely there has been some sort of old boys network um, situations that you come into and you can tell by sort of the agencies that they've hired that it's just, that's just the, you know, that we might've lost to that. It's just the way it is. Um, But I will, it doesn't happen very often, but you can almost immediately get the vibe when you, when you get into the room and know that's how it's going to be. Haven't really encountered that so much lately and um i do think by and large it doesn't make a difference and most people just want to have that connection and make sure you're capable and you know i also think the fact that i've been in business over 20 years puts a lot of that um in it and that shouldn't really have an effect but i've been around this long you know i must be doing something right so um i think Nowadays, I don't run into it as much, but I certainly have been in a situation where I just know it's an uphill battle. I do my best, and I can tell you right away when I walk out that we're not getting the business. Yeah, I, you know, in, in my business, I've never noticed or, or recognized that perhaps that happened. It, it 
it might have happened. I'm sure it has. Um, but the one thing that I have noticed is, you know, you talked about relationship development and, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with are, are all men in, you know, it, it's not like I'm, I'm not getting asked to go and do all the things I do, but I know that there's camaraderie on the other side that I don't necessarily get invited to. I don't think it's hurt my business. Um, I don't think it's hurt my business, but could it, could it be different if I, you know, if I was hanging out at the bar or something like that? And I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but I think we deal with what we've got, you know, and I think that no matter who you are, you're mm-hmm. dealing with what you got. And, but I hear from a lot of women, especially in the advertising agency type of world that there are, that there are issues with, you know, we're, we're hiring an agency and the agency needs to look like this. And sometimes the agency mm-hmm. doesn't look like that. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's so true. And, you know, it's um, I think nowadays um, you definitely see more women run agencies. But even back, what can I say, back in the 80s, <laughs> 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 late, late 80s, late 80s. I remember um, your hair in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yours. <laughs> yeah, mine was way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so but I do remember that um, there's been a shift definitely since those times. Uh, there were all, you know, male creative directors. There were some female. There was a handful that you would look up to. But certainly it, you know, you'd see female art directors, copywriters, you know, associate creative directors. But all of a sudden you got into that higher level. And they were fewer and, and further between um, on the creative side and also on the account side. And now um, you see a lot more women in these in these advertising positions. I think we're good communicators. I think a lot of times this industry is a natural fit for us. Um, and I think it's it's more welcoming now uh, than it had been. But I've seen a shift for sure. Yeah. Now, in your career, if you look back and you say, well, my, you know, I've done some things that have been successful. I've made some mistakes over the time too. We all do. But what would you say is the most successful thing that you can hang your hat on right now that has happened? Not that it'll be the last thing that happens, but if you look back, <laughs> what that was? You know, I I could look back really recently, as in last September. <laughs> we um, I decided to move the agency earlier this year. And I can't actually come out and say this is a huge success story because it's so new. But um, so last year, I was approached by this this restaurant group who bought a huge property here in the town we're in and they do everything right they have about two or three restaurant uh, three or four restaurants rather in town and um, they just bought this big complex that was sort of very New England it's almost like our second common it's a, a beautiful spot and uh, they said we have a building opening up and it's perfect for your type of creative company and I said, you know what, I own my own building and I'm not really interested in, you know, going through the sale and blah, blah, blah. And he, and the, the GM said to me, just come over and, you know, kick the tires. We'll have a cup of coffee. And, I'm, and I love architecture and buildings and that stuff. So I, I came over and I, my jaw dropped. I just love this place. And I had been thinking about expanding my building and building a barn on the property. And this was like a barn. It was already built. It already had, you know, plumbing and it had everything. It had the bathrooms. It had, it was wide open, kind of a blank canvas. And I said, oh my God, I have to be here. So that started the ball rolling of, okay, if I'm going to move the agency, I have to sell my current uh, building, move the agency out. And if we're going to go through all of this process, we might as well take a fresh look at our brand. Cause that's what I would tell any client of mine is, 
you've been doing this for 20 years, you've been in this one office for the last 10, if you're going to sort of revamp your environment, let's just look at everything. And I, I went through a name change. Um, we dropped part of our name and just came out with Idea Agency, so it was nice and clean. We completely rebranded our own uh, me messaging. We went through our own purple process for brand development. We did all the graphics are completely different, and and we moved at the same time and got a new phone system and did a whole bunch of other things all at the same time, which I would never recommend <laughs> doing <laughs> all at once. And it was probably August, and I kept saying, people are like, how are you doing? And it was just the stress was piling on and on and on. And, um, of course, trying to keep the, the clients happy all the while and keeping the employees motivated. And I kept saying, you know, I feel like, with every month, I'm rounding a base. First, it was first base, then second base. I said, I'm, I'm rounding third, and I'm running as fast as I can, and I, I'm going to slide into home. I just don't know if I'm going to be safe or not. <laughs> and um, I came out on the other side, and I think I was safe. You know, I, I, I came out. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> it was very dirty. <laughs> face first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. It was a big mess. We weren't really sure how it was going to turn out, but um, – uh, September 1st, we were in, our phones and our computers were back up and running, we had a sign on the building, and I was like, phew, so I consider that move um, a success, even though it, it was very hairy going into it, and um, it has been a phenomenal, you know, three or four, five months since then, when we've gotten a lot of outpouring from the community, about what we did with the place. I was able to sell my other building, which happened. It was miraculous, the timing of it all. And um, it was really, if I had known that going in, I would have probably had a little less stress that it was all going to work out. <laughs> and um, the business has really taken off. We uh, People sort of see us in a, uh, a new light. And the intention of this was to take the business to the next level, certainly. And uh, I really feel it has. The doors have been opening you know, uh, been meeting a lot of new people. People have heard of us. Um, old sort of contacts have come out of the woodwork to congratulate us. So uh, it has been a really good move, although it was very stressful kind of going through it. Yeah, I, I can imagine doing all that stuff at once. I mean, just one of those things that you mentioned, um, you know, just rebranding your firm, renaming your firm, the website, the the location, all of that stuff. It's, it's incredible. And I, um, <laughs> I can't even imagine. So that is a big success. <laughs> Now, if you look back at your career and you say, well, what was the thing that happened to you that at the time was not really very great, um, but was was a big moment um, in moving you forward? So I don't want to say failure or mistake, but something that happened that really wasn't so great and it turned out to be very great in the end. You know, I would have to say, and you know, um, my former business partner, Jean, who I love, and um, she was a friend of a childhood friend of mine. Um, since the third grade, actually. And at, at one point, I had started my design studio. That was the first thing I kind of started in um, coerced Jean. She was also in New York to move uh, back to Central Mass and um, start up an agency. This was really early on. And, um, you know, she said she'd give it a year, see how it went. And lo and behold, like 15 years went by. And we had <laughs> built this great, this great agency together. And um, at one point, she came to me and said, you know what, I, I just feel like I kind of fell into this agency business. I've loved it for the last 15 years, but I feel like there's more out there for me to do. And I, I think I'm going to try something new, which 
she actually um, is a professor now and, and going for her PhD as well. So you guys remind me a lot of each other mm-hmm. um, as you as you go through your your careers. But she um, this was probably five five years ago that this this happened, and I was scared. You know, to be honest with you, I although I had started the business by myself, I really you know we had a good partnership, and we each kind of took over where the other left off. And um, I just felt like a big void was going to be missing, but I was more committed than ever to the agency business. I've always loved and wanted to get into the agency business. So I hadn't really ever thought of doing anything else. And, um, you know, it was a big, that could have been, my fears could have, you know, put me in a, a big failure situation at that point. And sometimes I felt, you know, pretty, pretty damn scared. But um, I bought her out of the, the business and I bought her out of the building and I sort of reformatted some things um, that would allow me to have some more time to be in charge myself. And you know what? It really was the right thing to do. It, she's been extremely happy with her new career and um, I've been extremely happy with the direction the agency has taken. And, you know, that had the potential <laughs> to be really, really risky and, um, and it turned out for the best. Yeah, because you start to depend on the other person, and then all of a sudden the person's you know is gone. It's like it's like a divorce. In this case, it was not a, a you know negative or anything like that, but you know it's still a, a divorce. And now what? What do you mean? I got to do all this myself now? <laughs> yeah. Right. And she's a numbers person, and I am so not a numbers person. But boy, did I learn the financial sheets pretty quickly and billing. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> all the things you don't want to learn. <laughs> no. No. Uh, can I draw that out? Can I sketch it? Can I do something other than crunch these numbers? <laughs> exactly. But you can hire too. You know, you can hire people, which I obviously have to, you know, be experts where, and I'm a firm believer in doing what you do best and um, hiring those around you who can sort of fill in the blanks and do what they do best. I, I've tried to do that myself. I, it, it is the the very best way to go. Now, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they reach you? How would they find your agency? So our website is uh, ideaagency.biz. And my email is chris t at ideaagency.biz or Christ, as you know, my birthday is on Christmas. So I can, I feel like I can share the email with Christ. (laughs) Um, And I, I am also on LinkedIn um, under, I think you do slash Chris Thierry. Twitter uh, is at Chris Thierry and um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. So pretty much those places. So I would welcome any, anybody to reach out for sure. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the Female Red Zone today. I, um, I've i learned some things, and I've known you for a long time, and I've learned some things that I didn't know about you. Um, and I also <laughs> remembered some things that I forgot about you. But the one thing that I know for sure is that there is – I don't know that there's anyone I know that has more grit than you have. I mean, just doing all the oh. things that you've done and, and being so successful. So thank you for sharing your insights with uh, us on the Female Red Zone today. And from the Female Red Zone, this is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Thanks for listening to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.